Hello and welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and I'm a recovering perfectionist who made the choice to swap rigidity and impossibly high standards for joy, ease, and flow. Now I'm on a mission to boldly build an impactful, insanely successful business and to help other women do the same. So if you're ready to up-level and step into the next version of yourself, then join me as we commit to imperfectly designing the business and life of our dreams. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 102 of the All or Something Living podcast. Last week was my first ever actual guest interview, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend if you're interested in just navigating the complexities really of infidelity and cheating. Um, you know, this is, I think, relevant to all of us, whether you're in a relationship or not, to just really become curious about the um, motives and just the underlying things that go below uh, the action of cheating, I guess you could say. Very, very interesting topic. I was very honestly nervous doing my first interview and being in that position because I'm so used to like me just being here with the mic by myself and just hanging out and zoning out as in like I'm like really in the zone like (laughs) talking to you or what feels like myself sometimes and so being in that position of the quote-unquote interviewer which I had told Elsie I'm like let's make this more of a conversation But at the same time, I noticed that throughout the episode, I almost felt a pressure to keep the, um, to keep the light on her. And so I think that kind of threw off the dynamic a little bit. I think maybe in the future going forward, I, I want to share more of my thoughts and make it more of a conversation. I have this thing where I, in conversation can get really excited about what I'm talking about and And if you're my friend, maybe you've noticed this, but I'll start to get really into what I'm talking about and then I'll forget to let the other person speak. So I try to avoid that. And it was also last week was like my period week. So I was in the throes of that, you know, that phase you get into where you're just like, you can't think straight. That's how I was on top of trying to interview for the first time or carry on a conversation on my podcast. And I kept having to pause the audio and tell Elsie like, oh my gosh, I totally lost my train of thought. Thankfully, Elsie actually like knows me beyond just that moment through, you know, well, I guess really social media and um, our conversations that we've had, but I'm like, I don't know. I feel like old me would have been embarrassed and like never wanted to do one of those again or felt like, oh, Elsie must think I'm so stupid or whatever, which I think now I'm like, oh, I give myself grace because honestly, like I am imperfect and I show up that way. And I think allowing you to see those real, I guess you could say real moments, it's all real, right? But like relatable moments can help you understand like, you know, because everyone shows the highlight reels and talks about like they show the part after they've practiced or put a lot of time or thought into it, but they don't actually show the journey and the messiness along that. And so I just want to share those moments with you so that you recognize that like there is never an arrival period or a moment where you just get there and all of a sudden 
you have it all figured out and everything just flows smoothly and perfectly and easily. It can flow if you allow yourself to just be imperfect. You know, I continued the conversation with Elsie even through the pauses and the times that I had to like gather my thoughts, but I allowed the flow to continue, meaning I didn't cut myself off from learning more or experiencing more. And I think I'm going to practice having guests on that I know personally or feel more comfortable with just for a while until I get used to that style. And then I'll start to reach out and pitch myself to more of the experts, Um, which again, arguably could be a way that I'm holding myself back. But I think personally, I would feel more comfortable if I gave myself an opportunity to just practice a little bit, get better at it, and then have the confidence to actually conduct interviews with, um, not to say professionals, because Elsie is a professional and some other friends I want to bring on or people that I've met over Instagram, they are professionals. It's just, again, I think having that level of connection with them um, through contact on social media and stuff, like having that access to them really helps me to feel more comfortable. Anyway, I've been really, really just digging into the layers of my life and who I am and who I'm trying to become. I kind of hit this stuck point. So a few years ago when I kind of had my awakening journey, like five years ago where I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? And what do I want to do with my life? I started to explore that. That's when I discovered podcasts and um, got really into personal development. And then I sort of have hit a wall for almost, I'd say, the past few years where I'm just kind of like, okay, where do I go to next? Because I think I've had expectations of where I'm supposed to be right now as far as like business goes. And I, I put a lot of I don't know, like I allow my career to really, in my mind, define where I am like progress wise. But yeah, I've hit this point where I'm like, okay, there's this, I'm at this point in my business where I just like something's not working. There's something that I neither eat, I neither eat to, <laughs> something that I either need to release and um, let go of or step into. And I'm not quite sure what it is yet. That's what I've been exploring. I've had this like fear, the, uh, I don't know, maybe the last few years, I haven't really consciously recognized this until recently, this fear of growing even more because I, I've saw how much the initial growth, like changed things in my life and changed relationships. And so I, I think I still hold on to a lot of criticism from people that I'm close to that are like, oh, you're too much of this, or you're too sensitive now, or or you, you're trying to be something or whatever. Mainly, you know, siblings can really get to you. It's like these relationships that you know, it's like you shouldn't be allowing it to hold you back because you recognize that like these people are comfortable with who you have been and they are afraid maybe of losing you or whatever reason, but They have these expectations and ideas of who you should be. And it causes you to put this pressure on yourself of, well, so-and-so said I'm great because of this, or, 
you know, they said that they were so proud of me that I'm going to school to be a doctor or whatever it is. And you want to please everyone around you. And I've been falling back into those like, oh, I don't want to um, rock the boat or create tension or conflict with me and the people in my life because it's hard and it's painful. And so I've just been really working on moving through that and really taking a good look at my expectations for my relationships. Not only that, but just the way that I, just the way that I'm showing up and, um, and yeah, just, just being okay with being my complete full self and the consequences of that, whether positive or negative, but just knowing that what's most important is that I'm staying true to myself and I'm in alignment with my own personal values. And if I am being me and the best version that I know how to be and that repels somebody out of my life or upsets them in any way, like I send them love and I send them, I guess, on their way for now if they need a break from me or need to part ways for good or whatever it is. But I am starting to realize more and more that I need to stand in my own truth And to recognize that my truth also evolves through time and experience and continuous learning. I took a learning pause for a while so that I could really like integrate everything that I had learned and decide from there. Like, okay, what are my beliefs that I'm forming based around what I've learned? And yeah, so I think I've hit a good point now to where I'm ready to start learning some more and to to really start deepening my understanding of these like complex issues, which right now has really been around politics and um and just understanding behaviors and beliefs around politics and why we're in the state of separation that we are now. And of course that includes understanding social justice issues and racism and Um, just any sort of marginalized groups and how they experience the world. So I'm getting into deeper understanding of that and understanding the other side of if you are someone who is not a part of these marginalized groups and you're feeling confused or conflicted or frustrated or um, cast out or whatever it is, like understanding where that comes from as well. So basically I'm just doing what I love to do, which is Coming from an aerial view, being able to look at everyone in a situation, just really evaluate the facts on all sides and take it all in so that then I can start to to form opinions and beliefs and like, not for the sake of forming opinions and beliefs, but for having deeper relationships with people and a deeper level of understanding so that when we do have these conversations around controversial, sometimes um, divisive topics, that I will be able to say, hey, like I recognize where you're coming from and I understand why you think that way and feel that way. And um, and then maybe exchange information beyond that or just leave it at that or just to just to be able to feel like I don't need to run away from conversations with people that believe these these crazy in my mind in my mind believe these crazy things that I can't really wrap my mind around um, to be able to actually listen to them without feeling like I want to run away or, yeah, that's mainly what I'm I've been struggling through is running away from those conversations when really those are the times we need to lean in. 
there's this quote I remember hearing years ago, I think probably on a podcast, conflict is growth trying to happen. And when we when we run away from conflict because it's uncomfortable and we don't know how to navigate it, we are really robbing ourselves from growth and from growing in our relationships and growing in our in our own knowledge and yeah, so that's just been something that's really been on my mind and I just wanted to share that with you. Especially with Thanksgiving coming up and the holidays coming up. Now, I know a lot of people are not doing Thanksgiving this year with their family and maybe you're relieved about that or very sad about it or maybe you're doing it virtually or whatever it is. So, we are having my uh, my, my parents and my brother and his wife and their daughter, they're coming down to Vegas. It's a tradition. They come down every year and this will be our last Thanksgiving in this house or even in Vegas until, or because we're moving to Japan. So this is our last, you know, shot. Um, and we've decided to still come together. There's less of 10, there's less than 10 of us and we have all had COVID before. Not to say you can't have it twice, but the chances are very low. Um, and we're just gonna kind of stick in our own little bubble this weekend. And you know, that's, that's the thing that's been making me really reflect this year is just the relationship that I've had with my family. Uh, especially around our differences in opinion when it comes to politics, racism. I mean, just everything that has come up this year could either be a tool to divide us or bring us closer together. And at this point, I feel that it has done almost in the middle. Like we're not more divided. Yes, we've had conversations that I felt connected me closer but I also feel like I haven't been leaning in as much as I could. And obviously that's a personal problem. So I said all that to say with, you know, this weekend, if you are spending this time or planning on spending Christmas, depending on how things go with your family, just to recognize that these are really complicated relationships. Your family still sees you as who you were when maybe you grew up together. I know that my I think my sister is better at recognizing that I've changed and I've evolved because she um, she's somebody that also changes and evolves and, and believes in learning new things. And um, not to say again that anyone else in my family doesn't believe in learning new things. I guess just her and I have a similar mindset when it comes to like personal growth and all that. My parents have been very, very supportive of just who I've become these last few years and me using my voice more and knowing who I am. They're really proud and very vocal about that. And I'm so grateful to have such open-minded, loving parents because I literally, I tell my mom everything. I don't know that there's really anything she doesn't know. And even when she doesn't understand, she still supports me and and when she's ready, she tries to understand. She's not always even ready to try and understand. So there's topics in our relationship that I think we just know that we don't really go there with them. And that's completely fine because we have such a deep relationship in other ways. And then my brother, 
is probably the most complicated relationship. Um, we haven't, we still haven't figured out how to navigate things between us. And I think he still holds the big brother role where he thinks like, again, he's probably the person most in my life that holds me to past behaviors and assumes that I'm still the person that I was years and years ago. And I think that's the most complex part of our relationship is that in conversation, it's almost like I feel that he doesn't respect my viewpoints or or maybe he respects them but doesn't really take them seriously. Like he's like, yeah, I'll let her talk because, you know, I'm cool. I'm nice like that. But like she's my little sis. Like what does she know? What can she teach me about the world? And I can totally understand, you know, why he'd feel that way. I don't know if I had a little sibling, if I would be the same or... I don't know. My sister's been really gracious at allowing me to be her teacher, but we've always had that dynamic. From the time we were little girls, it was like I was her big sister and she was the little sister. And it's not like a hierarchical thing where it's like, oh, I think I'm, I think I should hold more power over you. It's just more so like the lessons that we, I mean, she's taught me so much. I've taught her so much. And I try to be mindful of that in my relationship with Jalen as well. You know, the parent um, child role, just really being open to hearing him and seeing him and recognizing that he sees the world from a different lens and a, and a fresher lens. And a lot of his opinions and beliefs or whatever he's learning that he's coming to me with right now are still being formed. And so he's very, I mean, at that, at that age there, he's almost 15. They're almost like so unbiased that you can just, if you just listen to them, like they're so fascinating, but sometimes you can get into that role where you're like, well, I'm the parent. I know what's best. I've lived longer. I'm wiser. And then you cut yourself off from really learning. And this is why I really love learning from the youth and why I'm just so fascinated to hear from different types of people who are open to seeing the world from different lenses. Where I start to get caught up is in conversation with people who have a very limited viewpoint of the world and continue just hounding down their viewpoint and thinking that their goal should be to get others to believe the same thing that they do or to see the world that they do uh, in the same way that they do, that very limited viewpoint. And I just get so bored of that and I get impatient in conversation with that, which again is a personal problem, but I don't know. I just, I think, I think it's so beautiful when we can really, when we can really take in so many different perspectives and experiences and validate everybody's and not say that this is the right way to see the world or this is the correct example of whatever, whatever. Um, oh my goodness. I just, <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot as you can probably gather, but again, I've been having conversations in my DMS with friends as well, or just in person or over the phone with friends that are kind of feeling this same disconnect from themselves and their families or the, maybe their culture that they grew up in and they're starting to question things or, or experience different things and, and f really feeling held back by opinions and beliefs of their, their original family members. And so, yeah, so I tell you all of this to say, spread your wings and fly. If you want to explore the world in a different way, don't let people hold you back from doing that. I know it can be really scary to feel 
that you're going to lose your people and you're not going to be accepted and you're going to be completely alone. But there will be people, and these are the people you need to connect with more, is the people that not necessarily like see the world exactly the same way that you do, but that share the similar values that you have so that you guys can come together and just really make the commitment to grow as humans together. And if you haven't found that type of community, hello, I'm here. <laughs> I, uh, I like to, I hang out mostly on Instagram, over on Instagram, and that's where I have these conversations with people that I get to meet all the time. And And really, the more I've been speaking out about this stuff, whether it's on my podcast or on my stories, it allows me to create a deeper connection with some of you who maybe do feel like you're the outcast or you've always been different from everyone else and so you feel like you're misunderstood. Allow me to be that place for you um, to really introduce you to new ideas or or vice versa you come and introduce me to new things like talk to me you're you can feel free and open and safe to have conversations with me and even though you know my only request is that you are respectful and that you're willing to open your mind to different possibilities if I sense that someone is just completely closed off and just trying to have an agenda with me, I can I can sense that right away and that really repels me. So those are the conversations I don't do well in. But as far as like different beliefs and viewpoints, if you and I have that, I'm totally fine with that. Um, and if I am not, if I ever get, if you're ever in conversation with me and I'm like dismissive in any sort of way, like, please call me out. I'm totally fine being called out as well. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Let's go into the meat of this episode and talk about self-care and why self-care is so important and why it's such an important tool for not only success, but just daily happiness, groundedness, centeredness feeling like, um, okay, so I was on the phone with a good friend of mine last night and we were talking about depression and just how depression can feel where, you know, sometimes obviously it shows up in different forms, but sometimes it's in the form of waking up in the morning and having a hard time getting out of bed because you think, what's the point? Why am I even doing this? Why am I even, what is there to even get out of bed for? And I was telling her that the reason that I'm such an advocate for self-care and everything that I teach in my course Vibrancy on Demand or everything that I talk about on this podcast, the reason that I I push self-care so much, mainly for myself, you know, I definitely, I practice what I preach. And the reason that all of this has become such a staple in my life is because Depression is my default. I, if I am not taking care of myself, even in the slightest ways, like it doesn't have to be crazy, but if I'm not taking care of my physical and my mental health, I slip into a depression like that. And I think mental illness runs in my family. It's not something we've openly explored, but if you look at the patterns, um, that's what I've noticed. And that is why I have had to really, really work on overcoming perfectionism because it was perfectionism was like the number one catalyst that was holding me back from really becoming, really allowing myself to, setting myself free, I guess you could say. 
it was that I felt like if I couldn't do it perfectly or 100%, I might as well not even try. And so most days it was just me feeling like I was swimming upstream versus actually thriving. And I didn't really know what it was like to wake up most mornings feeling good and happy and excited for the day until I was like 25, until I went on this journey that I've been on. I Otherwise, I will fall right back into depression quickly, which seems really like exhausting to feel like, oh, if I don't keep up with my self-care... I'm going to be depressed, but it's really a good incentive. It's the incentive that keeps me moving forward. You know, some of us are incentivized by, um, by I guess, negative outcomes. And that's definitely me. I think about things like before I do or don't do something, I think about the consequence of that. So I'm like, okay, if I don't, if I don't take my morning walk, how am I going to feel later in the day? And I think about it, I'm like, oh, I'll feel sluggish or I won't feel as vibrant and energized and it'll it'll impact how I show up in my business today. And if I'm working on a project, I really need to be on my A game. And all thinking through all of that makes me like makes it easy for me to say yes to that walk instead of just I think we so often just unconsciously decide for ourselves without actually taking ourselves through the motions uh, or through the, through the consequences in our minds. And that's why mindfulness is also so important. And this work that we do uh, around our mindset is so important so that we're actually consciously intentionally making decisions throughout the day. And again, that's something that if you are not so great at that, or you need some support around I can help you out with that in one-on-one coaching. So if you're ever interested in one-on-one coaching, I only offer spots for that based on request, on personal request. So I don't, as of right now, I haven't really had a container open for one-on-one. That's going to change next year. But as of right now, it's just upon request. So if you have a request and you want to explore what working with me one-on-one would look like, uh, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kepler. Or if you're more of someone, if you're more like me, this is why I build my own digital courses because I pr- personally prefer to go through these journeys on my own at my own pace and to maybe it's because I am an introvert and I'm very introspective. I prefer to like take the time to journal about it or to to really just like move through it at my own pace. And so that's why I created Vibrancy on Demand, because that is the course that's going to take you through those steps of really practicing mindfulness, questioning your daily thoughts and, um, and beliefs, and then putting self-care practices in place so that your baseline is a lot higher than maybe it is right now, so that your baseline is... I don't want to say the best because obviously that fluctuates. Your your baseline is to to wake up each morning feeling grat- gratitude, feeling grateful and looking forward to the day that you're going to have. So yeah, so let's get into self-care. <laughs> um, if you are interested in what I'm saying and, you're, and you are like kind of curious about vibrancy on demand, I am 
putting out, I'm slowly leaking out the new version of Vibrancy on Demand, the upgraded version. So you'll be hearing me talk about Vibrancy on Demand a lot for the next few weeks or months or whatever. Um, so if you're interested and you kind of just want a sample of what it's like, make sure that you download the audio training and roadmap that I have on my website called how to build the life and biz of your dreams. And you can do this by going to either laurenkepler.com and signing up from the homepage or on Instagram, clicking the link in my bio and it's right there for you as well. So you can just kind of see like, what is it like to, learn from Lauren's like audio training style. And then the roadmap is very simple, but keep in mind that in Vibrancy On Demand, you'll actually have workbooks and worksheets to fill out. And the, the cause I know everybody learns differently. So ev the mode of teaching is diversified. So I have some videos, some audio trainings, like I said, worksheets and workbooks and things like that. So it should keep you engaged. So yeah, so if you want to check that out, go ahead and do that. So what exactly is self-care? Let's dive into this. At its most basic level, self-care means tuning into your mind, your body, and your spirit to recognize and then take action on what it is that you need in each moment. So the basic question for self-care that you can ask yourself and get in the habit of asking yourself is, what do I need? What do I need right now? We're so used to asking others that question and anticipating the people in our lives, their needs, and we forget to ask ourselves the, that question. What do I need? So self-care is going to look different for every person and your idea of self-care will always shift and evolve just depending on what you're going through in your life which is why the key portion of self-care is being able to tune in with your needs and recognize what they are in each moment. So sometimes where self-care can hold us back, especially as it's, you know, a fad, it's like a trend, self-care has become a trend. And when things become a trend, we can easily tend to see the way that others view and use that trend and think that that's how it should be done and that we should be doing the exact same thing. Otherwise, it doesn't count. So sometimes we get caught up in the idea that our self-care should look a specific way or we get caught up in feeling like it has to look perfectly in order to count. And if you resonate with that perfect thing, that perfection mentality, you know, it's probably could be a reason that you're interested in listening to this podcast all or something versus all or nothing. And if you struggle with perfectionism, you can go back to episode 95 and there is a whole episode on perfectionism. And in Vibrancy on Demand, there's an entire, um, there's an entire training dedicated to perfectionism as well, overcoming that and then embracing your imperfectionism. So what does personally self-care look like to me and how do I practice it on a daily basis? Again, this is just for an example, not to say that you have to model your life exactly around mine or your situation doesn't have to look like mine, but just so you have an example. And then keep in mind that I have been building on my self-care routine for years. This wasn't something that just overnight I was like, okay, I'm going to implement this and then voila, 
Because if I did that, it probably would have fallen through. And if I was still holding on to my perfectionist mindset, I would have felt like, oh, this doesn't work and then thrown it out the window, which I'm sure I've done plenty of times before. Maybe you can relate to that. But just recognize that it takes time and practice for this to become second nature. And so what I do, and again, these are things that I teach in Vibrancy on Demand and really all of my courses and content infuses this, these ideas. But for my morning routine, I like to journal and check in with myself. Doesn't always mean journaling. Sometimes it means just silent. Like this morning I laid in bed and I just went through the gratitudes, my gratitudes like mentally. And then I visualized, okay, who am I becoming? And, and because I was tired and I was having a hard time getting out of bed, that's like what I did to start to energize myself and get myself excited for the day. I always take the time to make breakfast. This is probably my number one non-negotiable. If I do nothing else for my morning routine, I at least eat breakfast and a solid breakfast, not just like a donut or a pastry or something. I make sure that I Always try and include a carb, a protein, and a fat so that I stabilize my energy early in the day and just start the day off with this grounded energy knowing that I'm nourished. And then I like to, especially now that we're kind of stuck at home more often than not, I like to start the day by moving my body. Lately, this has looked like taking a walk. So I have this nearby park and this trail behind my house. So I'll walk the trail to the park, take a loop, and then come home. And I'll listen to an inspiring podcast while I'm doing that so that it like sets the tone for the day. Because I no longer have a commute, that's my new, the new commute. And then throughout the day, I all throughout the day, I'm monitoring my body and checking in with hunger cues and making sure to eat before I get to that level of hunger where I feel either lightheaded or I start to feel hangry, or my stomach is growling. And that is like a double whammy because it helps with my hormone regulation as well. So if you're a woman and you're struggling with, um, if you're a woman who has a period and you're struggling with irregular cycles or any sort of hormone-related or period-related thing, or just hormones in general, really, um, Stabilizing your blood sugar is always going to be the first step in the protocol for healing your hormonal health. So stabilizing your blood sugar often means not allowing your blood sugar to crash by going too long without eating. So take care of yourself by eating. I get on Jalen all the time about that. Um, I nap if I need to. I'm a really big napper and I'm actually, I'm learning more about being a highly sensitive person and I'm learning that highly sensitive people actually do take more naps because we have more to process because we take in so much. Um, I step away for alone time if I need. I am unapologetic in my need to be alone. And again, this comes from also not just being highly sensitive, but also an introvert. And so I set boundaries with the people in my household. The really beautiful thing about me and the boys is we have this understanding um, that we all have different types of boundaries, but we all respect each other's boundaries and we don't criticize each other for having those boundaries. And then, um, and then just always, I think this helps me. We're all structured differently, so you'd have to figure out what works for you. 
But for me, flexibility is really important. I like routines, but at the same time, I need flexibility in my routines because when things become monotonous, that's when I start to feel like, oh, what am I doing all of this for? Why am I waking up this morning? Everything just seems so blah. So I have to switch up my routines all the time and allow for flexibility and spontaneity and fun and pleasure throughout my day. Bedtime routine. So for my bedtime routine, I just listen to what I need each night. So do I need some time to practice guitar? Do I want to work on my Tantra practices by myself or with Jason? Or am I craving family time? Every day is different. And again, that's why it really helps to tune into your body and see what do I need this day? So one thing we can get caught up in is using self-care as an excuse. So is self-care an excuse to get out of things? I know that when I first learned about self-care, and I think this is just natural that we do this when we're first learning about something where we, we tend to go to those extremes of all or nothing. And I kind of took self-care to the extreme. So everything turned into self-care as in, oh, well, I'm waking up for the gym. I told myself last night that I would go to the gym this morning and I'm waking up and now I'm feeling kind of tired. So I'm going to sleep in and just skip the gym. And then I fell into that rut to where I was skipping the gym more often than not because I was like, oh, I don't feel good enough to do this. And so I had to find that balance between, you know, holding myself accountable and and pushing myself in a healthy way while also recognizing that, okay, if I am tired today or if I've been tired more often than not, like, is there something maybe in my evening routine I need to switch up? How am I sleeping? Can I work on my sleep or take more naps throughout the day or whatever it is? Um, just being able to tune into that as well. So recognizing the patterns more so than the individual behaviors. And that's like, that. that's helpful when it comes to everything, when it comes to food, exercise. We want to be spreading out our time and attention in different areas of our lives versus being super ultra concentrated in just one area. That's what creates imbalance. And that might be an unpopular opinion because I've heard the argument that we will be like it's in our nature to be really obsessive and concentrated in one area and then and then get over that and like move on to the next or whatever um but i've noticed that for me it helps to really just spread out my energy and attention and and be doing different things all throughout the day and all throughout the week versus the same thing over and over again until i get sick of it and then move on but again, that's something that you'll have to experiment experiment with and see what works for you. But just really, as you get into self-care, if it's still a new or more foreign concept, or maybe you've tried it before and you felt like it didn't work, but you're hearing it from this different perspective and you're like, hmm, maybe I should try it again. Just get in the habit of really auditing yourself and working to understand like why why you do the things that you do and just dig deeper journal if you need to to find clarity on that so how does practicing regular self-care help me in my business so first of all when it comes to business especially if you're a creator and you need to be cre creative and so you need to be in your prime state as often as possible to create consistency is everything so that means just showing up is probably the most important thing that you can do. 
But personally, if I'm not feeling well or like physically or emotionally, it's going to be really hard for me to get into my optimal state where I actually want to create and where I can get in that flow state to where as I am creating, it's it's flowing, you know, it's it's like just pouring out of me because I have primed myself for that for that state of mind. So practicing self-care throughout my day on a daily basis helps me feel as centered and grounded as possible. And it's almost like a preventative thing. Instead of waiting until I'm overwhelmed or angry or whatever these emotions are that can really, you know, hold you back for a few days or a few weeks or whatever, instead of waiting until I get to that part and then reacting to it, I take a proactive approach. So I practice self-care and infuse it into my everyday life. And that way, um, even on the days that I don't feel great, great being, um, what am I trying to say here? Basically, like I, I've found a balance between allowing myself to take time off and then pushing through sometimes. Uh, not, and the thing that makes it difficult about corporate, like if you work in corporate is that not all jobs or situations allow for that, which is one of the biggest reasons why I've wanted to work for myself or figure out how I can have a freedom lifestyle. Um, so that even when I don't feel like it, I can still show up because my self-care routine provides a structure that allows me to focus. I'm not sure any of that just made sense. And it was a little contradictory, which because it, there is like this, there is this balance between taking time off as your version of self-care. And then sometimes it means pushing yourself forward as your form of self-care. And, and again, when you, not every workplace understands that, which I think is what I was trying to say and doesn't allow for that, like self-exploration. So like personally, when I was in corporate, I had to push, 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 push all the time. And you, you're, you're led to feel guilty if you like take time off or you take a mental health day or, or there's consequences for calling out and all that stuff. So you're almost forced to just push forward to, to the point where you get to a robotic state where you're just going through the motions and you feel like you're just barely surviving. That's how I felt. And those were the days, especially where I would wake up and feel, what am I doing all of this for? Why am I waking up and going to work? I don't even want to do this, which is a whole different conversation. But anyway, so when you're practicing self-care and you're in a higher vibration, it allows you to attract what it is that you desire. So it's another form of manifestation if you're into that sort of thing. Or just, I mean, without, if, if manifestation isn't a word that you connect with, no matter what, we all have goals or dreams or visions of where we want to go, right? Because if we don't, that's when we start to become stagnant and we feel like, what's the purpose? Because the purpose of life really is to figure out where do I belong? What is my purpose here? What am I supposed to be doing on a daily basis? And if we don't connect to that, we might fall into a depression. So if you were... Um, if you're feeling, so whether you have a goal or you're trying to manifest like a bigger life or whatever it is, if you're feeling crappy or unworthy of your needs being met and you're like operating at a lower frequency, 
it's not going to allow you to attract more abundance or success or really get to where you want to go. So it's really important that you learn to to get yourself into that higher vibrational state so that you can start to attract the kind of people, the opportunities, whatever it is that you desire. And even on a basic level, like imagine you're a coach or an influencer online and you're showing up with low energy and a negative attitude. What type of people would you attract? And is that really what you want? So you, you have to take inventory in your life and ask whether certain things or people align with you. Like, is this energy, is the energy that comes from this activity or this person aligning with the type of energy that I want to create in my life? So it's a matter of deciding how you want to feel and then taking action to get to that place where you can start to feel that way. And it really, I mean, it just, it just changes things. It's, it's crazy. So here's it. Here's how you can get an idea of whether or not a self-care tool or a habit that you have. So when I was saying just before taking inventory, if you're taking inventory, you want to ask yourself these two questions. How does this make me feel? And is this feeling in alignment with the life I'm trying to create? I'll repeat that one more time. How does this make me feel? And then is this feeling in alignment with the life I'm trying to create? So in other words, is this how I want to feel? Is this how I envision my future self, my best self being or feeling and showing up in the world? Is this aligned? And if it's not, you have to make decisions, sometimes difficult decisions to make changes. And that can be the hardest part. But one step at a time, and with a lot of intention and daily practice, you can get there a lot less painfully than you might think. Yes, change is painful, but it also feels really good. Can we just talk about the part where it feels really good? Because we skip over that part to where the level of fulfillment and energy that it gives you is just so, so worth it in the end. Only initially do you really feel like like it feels really painful um, or uncomfortable or whatever it is that you experience with change. So that's all I have for you this episode. For more tips on building a self-care routine that lights you up and leaves you feeling inspired and excited, be sure to download a copy of my free audio training and roadmap on how to build the life and biz you desire. And again, you can check that out at laurenkepler.com or by going to my Instagram at Lauren M as in Marie Kepler and hit the link in my bio. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you loved this episode, go ahead and subscribe. If you're not already subscribed where you listen, share it with a friend or leave a review. That is the way that you essentially pay for this podcast, this free information. If you got anything out of it and you want to um, exchange, do a little energy exchange with me as your way of saying thank you, those are the ways that you can do so. So I can't wait to chat with you again next week, but until then, just remember that you are enough and you are doing enough.